That's right. Anything is possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's possible that we are here. It's possible that we're both on time after seven weeks of not being together. Maybe we just miss each other so much. Aside from one post-game show, my name is Matt Rory. That man's name is Calvin Chamberlain, and this is Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. Calvin, can you believe that we haven't done this show since January 15th? No, I'm actually I'm actually wanting to request that, that you stop telling me since the last time we did the show. It's just depressing me now. Because every week we, I plan on doing the show, and then, and then look, we'll, we'll eventually get back to a more regular schedule. It's just, it's, I don't know if I've made this clear on the air or not, but um, currently I'm working evenings mostly, and it's just basically if I have a Tuesday off, it's like that's one of my, my two evenings off, and it's difficult for me to managed to pull together for a show, but um, yeah, hopefully that'll change. Everybody's also been really busy too, uh, but yeah, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying. Yes, um, and I don't point it out to, to knock anybody down or discourage anyone or anything like that, just putting putting it out there, no matter how many days between shows, we're still the most consistent uh, show on this network for the last 10 years or whatever it's been. So don't you forget that either, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right, well, it's going to be it's a quick be one tonight. Running, right? Definitely the longest running. Maybe not the most episodes, maybe not the most episodes in a row, anything like that, but over the course of time, yes, the longest on this on this network. Are they still doing Beats and Eats? Because, I don't know. That's... I don't know when the last time a Beats and Eats was recorded. Um, that's interesting to me because Nick's been really all in on the Celtics this year. He's been he's moved up to Boston, right. etc. Uh, Google tells me that my computer is slow. That's what that's what Google tells me right now. I thought right. I clicked on this. Anyway, Beats and Eats, uh, Nick Gelso, Ty Ray, you know, one of the staples, one of the one of the originals, the original podcast here. On CLNS Media, the original CLNS Radio. How about that? Anyway, enough stalling. Um, we're going to go, we're going to go back to basics tonight. Celtics, Lakers, and what else is in the news? That's what we're going back to. Beats and Eats, two twenty six, uh, December sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. There you go. Um, huh. So go check that one out. Looks like they did about twelve shows uh, in. 2018. 10 shows. So we're beating them. Um, Either way, Celtics, Lakers, and what's in the news. So what is in the news? Robert Kraft, around here, across the nation, one of the biggest names in a multiple-level human trafficking prostitution scandal. We will get into that towards the end of the show. But first, we're going to lead off like we always do, or like we usually do, with the Boston Celtics. <clears throat> and Calvin man, honestly, I don't know who is who should be in a worse or in a in a worse mood tonight talking about their specific teams, their uh, respective oh, I, teams, oh, you or I, me. I know. I mean, I know you're not in the playoffs. My team is is, is has been slacking off and they're frustrating me to no end. Uh, but at least they're in the playoffs. So we'll start with the Celtics, and then we'll get into Calvin's frustrations as well, because it's definitely an argument to be had about who should have had higher expectations, or whose ex- expectations have been have, have not been met the most. I guess is the way I could put it. Um, oh, see, that's but, an interesting question. I, I like that. Yeah, question. like that's that's the good that's the way to put the question. Because obviously the Lakers weren't expected to win a title. The Celtics were expected to go there. So who fell? More, who is falling more short of expectations at this point uh, in the season? That, that's maybe we'll figure that out in the next half an hour or so. But uh, start with the Celtics. Kyrie Irving is obviously the big name on the team. Rumors about Anthony Davis we discussed on a post game show. We won't, don't necessarily need to touch on that stuff uh, unless you want to talk about that briefly. But right here and right now, Kyrie Irving, team's best player, supposed leader does not seem to be engaged, doesn't seem to care. And it's trickling down through everybody else. So this team looks terrible over the last month or so. Is that something Calvin, that you think 
Celtics fans should be concerned about because I'm starting to get really annoyed at, at watching this team and, and paying money to go to see this team just put up stinker after stinker when they think that they can just flip the switch in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know if that's, if they're capable of doing that, but tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong here. I actually want to start with what you said at the beginning of that. Cause I, I found that an interesting statement. So your, your perception of Kyrie Irving is that he doesn't care because I don't, I don't see I, – I, I see Kyrie Irving and I see kind of the opposite problem. That he, it seems like he cares too much, that he's like – that he wants to blame his teammates. Um, apparently, I've, I've seen a bunch of reports. So, that, that, that saying, that sorry, saying that somebody doesn't care is a, is a tough way to go about it. I don't think that any of these guys don't care. I think every single one of them cares. I think they all want to win. I think they all want to be the best player that they can be. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that Kyrie is going about the regular season as though it doesn't matter and that the, these games mean nothing and they don't build habits, and good or bad, and that whatever happens in the regular season doesn't matter. And that is discouraging because it's just – it's not fun to watch. And I think it plants bad habits in, in, the, in the minds of the younger players around him and he may be able to flip a switch in the playoffs and score 30 a night, but if the other guys aren't doing it, then they're not, they're not going to meet expectations. No, that's fine. You can, we can take that back down to the shorthand that essentially you're saying that Kyrie Irving doesn't care, or at least doesn't care right now, right? No, he doesn't care about the regular season. However you want to describe it, not to, not to say that he doesn't, he doesn't care, doesn't care, but doesn't care in sports terms, right? But I'm not, I'm not even seeing – I guess I, I'm not seeing that per se – so much as I'm seeing, I I think that Kyrie Irving might just be a bad leader in terms of, because it seems like what, what I'm seeing out of Kyrie is like frustration with the ability to get other guys on the same page as, as he is and not really knowing how to express himself. I've heard things that he's essentially uh, basically only talks to Tatum and doesn't really talk to anybody else on the team. Um, you know the, the rumors like that Horford like doesn't like Kyrie. I don't know if you you know if you have any insight into any of these things. I'm just gonna just briefly touch on a couple of things that I, that I've sort of read. Well, uh, so I, I've heard all of that stuff. Not necessarily Horford on the court. It looks like he he goes to Horford almost every time. Like they they are fine on the court. So I don't care if they want to talk to each other. If they don't want to hang out after the game. If, if if they cut each other in the food line. I don't care what happens off the court because those guys look fine to me on the court. Kyrie seems to be forcing it to other guys. And as far as their relationships off the court are concerned, as long as they're cohesive on the court, it really shouldn't matter. So the the rumors now are that the locker room in general is just quiet and nobody talks to each other. And if you take what Adam Silver said, I don't know if you heard this at the Sloan analytic conference the other day with Bill Simmons, I don't really take much of what Bill Simmons has to say seriously anymore, but I think Adam Silver knows what he's doing. And he was making comments about how a lot of players are uh, not happy. Uh, and he didn't use the word depressed, but he basically said they're unhappy in, in, in their careers and where their lives are right now. And that a lot of times they just put their headphones on and they they internalize everything. And that's not necessarily a healthy way to, to live. Right. So, if that's creeping into the Celtics locker room, I can understand why they're struggling on the court as well. Uh, But the question is who, who is the one that needs to sort of lead the way and try and bring them out of this. And I think it's Kyrie and with his attitude towards the regular season, it just, it doesn't seem to be a good way to do it. It looks like they're backing their way into the playoffs and maybe they're going to just Maybe they will flip that switch and prove everybody everybody wrong. But if he's looking at this season like the season in Cleveland where he had the MVP of the league on his team as well, then he, I think he's got another thing coming because I'm not sure if this team is going to be able to, to pull it out like that, that Cavaliers team did. I don't know. I see Kyrie and I see how he reacts to questions and even how I see like his body language and the way he reacts on the court. And he strikes me as the, the classic personality type that pretends not to care about anything, but in reality cares about everything too much. You know, that's 
Kevin Durant is obviously like the apex of this, like this personality type. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's Kyrie gets asked things, and then he's just like a, he gives like a who cares answer, but like the answer is obviously that he cares. You know, I I agree with you in in, in the implication you made about uh, chemistry being overrated, off court chemistry being overrated, right? In, as as a general rule, but I think I think it's a bigger issue in a scenario where teams don't have particularly defined roles. When a, when a team is deep like this team, and look, it's easy to not have chemistry when you're, you know, the 2002 Lakers and Shaq is Shaq and Kobe is Kobe and everyone else is, doesn't, you know, there's, there's a couple of guys who have their little roles, but, the, but that team is seven deep. All those guys are playing the same amount of minutes every night. They show up and they do their job, right? It's harder, in my opinion, to, uh, like, have bad team chemistry in a scenario where the sum is supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, the total is supposed to be greater than the sum of the parts. If, if team chemistry is bad on a team where Jalen Brown was playing 28 minutes last year and now he's playing 18 minutes, it's probably going to be more detrimental in that scenario than a scenario where he just has his role and, and it is what it is. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I guess that we are talking about I think we're talking about a few different things here because you sort of seem to focus on the comments that he makes off the court and things like that and and his disdain for the media and maybe it's creeping into this team because there's no defined roles but I I'm sort of looking at the way Kyrie plays on the court recently and thinking it's lackadaisical uh, I, I don't really think that all the noise off the court and the talk about New York, I don't think that's the reason for, for, the, for the team's poor play. I think that perhaps some of that stuff creeps into his mind and he is trying to show off a little bit maybe sometimes or he just – I don't know what it is. He, he's trying to take over games. But there have been times recently where I've thought he's, he's not cared and given up on defense and he has – sorry, force the ball to, to his teammates when it's, it's better for him to take a shot and vice versa. He's forcing shots when he should probably be passing the ball. It just, he doesn't look to be comfortable out there. And that's not the Kyrie that we saw in the first four months of the season or no, whatever to, it is, th- three months. To your, to your point, the Kyrie that signed with the Celtics, I remember that we were all shocked by how much effort he had put into defense despite the fact that he had not been known as a defender at all in Cleveland. Right. But I definitely feel like this season, he's really regressed in that area. And like, it, and, it but that's, like to me, that's an effort thing though, Calvin. And, and that's where my, maybe we're misunderstanding or I'm miscommunicating the word care because I'm sure he cares, right? I'm sure he wants to win, but the effort just doesn't seem to be backing it up. And I think it's finally over the past three or four weeks been creeping into the rest of the team. And especially since the all-star break, a lot of the, these guys have just not, it, it doesn't look like they want to win regular season games. It looks like they're just waiting to get to the playoffs and perhaps they have the talent to do that. And they'll still go to the NBA finals. My point overall is as a fan, it's not something I want to watch during the regular season. So I, I'm having a hard time between paying for something and putting a time and effort into something that is fun to watch or just not caring just like this team, the, the perception of this team or the perception this team is giving off, not caring like them about the regular season and then hoping that they actually can pull it out in the playoffs. So the waiting game here is, is kind of tough. I see. That's an interesting comment to me. And so it, Two two things about sort of where your where your uh, perspective has come from so far. One, I feel like the the focus of your blame, or at least your yeah your your reason for why it seems to be centered around Kyrie. When I I mean we can we we could go down the list and we probably should since we're not actually talking about that. I can talk talk about multiple guys. Oh, on this everyone's team. to blame. Everyone's to blame. I'm, I'm, I just, right, I, so I'm pointing the finger at Kyrie mainly because he's, he's supposed to be that number one player, that leader type. And in, and secondly, I, in, in we've, you know, we've talked about the Celtics periodically, 
over the last couple of months. And, and, you know, they've been, we, I don't think we did a show during the stretch when they were hot. Um, maybe we did. And then we didn't, we didn't discuss this, but, you know, I, I think that I've just continually said, well, are you concerned about the Celtics yet? And you would say, Oh, it's early in the season or, you know, and I'd be like, oh, well, you can talk about the Celtics now. And it would always be, you were never that worried. And even now, I'm getting the sense nope. that part of you feels like, like, ah, this team is still going to be fine when the playoffs get here. Well, that I'm just annoyed about how they're playing now at this point. Yeah. But I'm, I that's, think you're pretty good. I mean, talent-wise, I do. I, I, I think that they will have a hard time going through uh, Philadelphia – uh, Milwaukee and Toronto, if they have to face all three of those teams on the road, I think that's going to be very difficult for them. And they've really put themselves behind the eight ball. Um, but ultimately, if if they are the ones that are, I'm I'm sort of trying to look at it the way that it seems as though they're looking at it. They believe that they're still better than all those teams, or else it wouldn't matter to them, or else they, they would care that they're in sixth place right now, and they're gonna, they're about to have a, or fifth place, and, and, and they're not going to get a home playoff series. I just, ultimately, Calvin, as a fan, as a season ticket holder, if they go to the NBA Finals as a road team, I'm going to be happier with that than as a home team, because I'm going to save some money, and they're still going to the NBA Finals. So selfishly, I want it to work out that way. I just find I have it hard. I find a hard time believing that this type of team has the ability to flip the switch like we saw with all of those LeBron teams when they had their swoon. And it just maybe I'm just not used to it. Maybe I, I'm, I'm harping too much on Kyrie Irving, but uh, there's blame to go around. Brad Stevens is a name that we haven't even mentioned yet tonight, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on him, but. Oh yeah, well, no, we'll have to get to him in a second, but in a minute. Yeah, but... I mean, here, here's the thing. Yeah, what, what you're saying about like if if they do that, yeah, that look. If if we're being realistic now, it it's probably unlikely that they're not going to get out of that fifth spot. Like now, and maybe you feel good about the matchup with Philadelphia. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily blame you for that because we saw what happened last season. Yes, no, I definitely do. Still, still has issues. But but beyond that, like I I mean, as an outside observer, do I would I feel good about like the Celtics uh, played a, a super tough series with a much weaker Milwaukee team last year? You know what I mean? Do I, I like I don't think I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I also don't think they're better than Toronto, uh, especially in a seven game road series when they're on the road. Could they could they theoretically step up and win that series? They have enough talent, but I wouldn't feel so- good about it. In my opinion, they need they need to avoid Toronto. I think that they could take down Milwaukee on the road. Uh, Giannis is is a guy that if you get that far and you have the confidence and the talent to to stop everybody else, and you keep him out at the wing as much as you can, I think that you can find a way to win seven games against that team. Toronto is is the team that I, I really am starting to come around on, uh, and I was against. The, the thought of Ka- Kawhi Leonard being uh, the leader up there that was going to bring them to the promised land and all this. Um, I still find him to be a, a very uh, strange, cerebral, intriguing, and s- somewhat soft player. He's taken a lot of time off this year, uh, much much like LeBron, who we'll get to in a, in a little bit as well, uh, for load management, for rest. They're taking time off these guys. And it's just I don't know if, if Kawhi really – wants to be in Toronto or if he's just showcasing himself to go elsewhere, AKA Los Angeles. Um, so I, I'm still not buying into the whole idea of Toronto, but they have the Celtics number right now. And the, these games in the regular season are the type of things that I think actually do matter. While the regular season as a whole may not matter and you may have just as good of a chance as any to go into a playoff series and win with your talent. I feel like confidence-wise and just building habits against a certain team, it's important. And they have not looked good against Toronto this year whatsoever. I think Toronto seems to have their number. And one of our frequent callers, Sam in San Diego, always says that it's because of Kawhi Leonard. I'm starting to wonder if that's that's for real. 
Yeah, and let's, let's not forget the rise of Siakam as well. I mean, we don't need to get too much in Toronto, into Toronto like the rest of the Eastern team. Cause it's, anyway, it's yes, but the point, the point that I was trying to make is that I feel better about Milwaukee than Toronto, and I feel totally fine about Philadelphia and Indiana for that matter. So I think the Celtics will get to that, that Eastern Conference final still. Uh, it just it's going to be a tough way to get there and that's not going to help them once they're there and it, right now I, I would not pick them to win it it's a bold amount of confidence I guess I can't I can't hate you for it because like, uh, I've, I've been overconfident in my team at the time though but I don't know I, I see them as a team that has a talent I just don't Here, here's a question for you now, now now let's get down yeah let's get, get we can talk about Stevens now um, and so, and some of these other guys like, I think Stevens is taking a lot of heat this year, which I find fascinating all of a sudden out of nowhere. And what I'm hearing is largely, like, it's the typical, like, uh, oh, this guy is a good enough coach to get us there, but he's not good enough to get us over. Which is always the – I don't know if it happens yeah. Yeah, and they're they're all everybody's saying, oh, he's he's not Phil Jack, he's Doug Collins, he's not Phil Jackson, he like he can't yeah. coach the superstar, that type of thing. Oh, that's brutal. This, yeah, this criticism is dumb because only one coach wins the title every season, and it's usually the coach that has the best players. Like, yeah, like if Steve Kerr, you know, left the Warriors and oh. somebody else went to the Warriors, that coach would that coach is going to win the title. So like, right. Or if is Steph Brad, Curry Brad, left the Warriors, is Steve Curry, you think he's going to just automatically win the title? Break, take one of those yeah. top three players off that team. Steve Kerr is not a lock to win the title. Bottom line, yeah. he's just not good enough. If, if, if Brad Stevens switched coaching positions with Kerr right now, or if anybody switched coaching positions with Kerr, that coach would be then become good enough to win an NBA title. Right. That's what exactly. it is. Exactly. So, so, like, yeah, so – I, I guess in one respect, I am somewhat saying coaching is overrated, even though in, in, in another respect, it's underrated because uh, there is there is a value in getting more out of guys. But at a certain mm-hmm. point, but once once you get to the point of like the one team that's good enough to win a title, that that team is going to be, especially in today's NBA, that team is going to be overloaded with talent. It's Brad Stevens is a great coach because he uh, you know he manages to get more out of guys than other coaches would. Same thing with Popovich. Like, obviously, his teams are not the most talented. The Spurs, definitely not a top eight most talented team. That's how you know he's a great right. coach. Steve Kerr, I'm, I'm not even sure. Yeah, look, look, I like Steve Kerr. I'm, do I, I don't even know if he's a great coach or not. I have no idea. But I, I, I'm certainly not basing it off his title. And it, it's just the same thing like with Brad Stevens. He is a great coach. So, like, the could now, – now, again, going back to, uh, to something I've said many times on the post-game show – and in fact, and it really has to do with this, like the the insidious in Danny we trust phrase that people like to throw out there about Danny Ainge, the me nuts, like or like back in the day with Rivers and like do two things. Look, just because you acknowledge someone is good, does not mean they're not capable of making mistakes or like not doing things particularly well in a given time, and that leaves them open to criticism. It's fine. It's okay to criticize someone you like. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Brad Stevens, yep. maybe he's not doing everything perfectly this year. I agree. You know what? It's one of the better analogies that I've actually heard thrown out there is that even in college, Brad Stevens was not getting five-star recruits, right? So for the last six years in the NBA, he's had three to four-star recruits. The Terry Rogiers, the Marcus Smarts, the Evan Turners, the, the – um, oh, my God. Uh, he's slipping my mind. Jordan Crawford. Like, these type of players, where are all these guys right now? Not doing as well as they, they were when they were on the Celtics with Brad Stevens, and he was really showing, showcasing some of his talents to make guys better than they actually are. But when it comes down to coaching the best players in the league, you kind of have to just let them do their thing. So he's in a weird space right now trying to get this talented team to play better. But to your point earlier about um, – winning the NBA title and having a team that's, that's available or that's good enough to win the NBA title. I say this to you, how many times in the last 10 years do you think uh, a series has, has uh, gone four game or five games or less in the NBA finals? So a team has won four to one or they've swept in the NBA finals in the last 10 years. How many times? I mean, I could probably just figure this out, but for, for, for the sake of this game, I'm going to say, 
the last 10 years, how far does that go back? Uh, what is it? It's I'm 09. It's, it's the Lakers and, and, and Magic. I'll even give you that clue. Yeah. I'm going to say four times. It's, it's five times. So more than you thought. And my point is here that five times out of 10, half the time, that's, it's obvious. It's clear that the better team wins because they win four out of five games. It's when you get into these Game 7 situations, uh, like uh, the Lakers and Celtics in 2008. Actually, no, that was a six-game series. I mean, 2010, uh, when Doc Rivers lost Kendrick Perkins and had to make coaching decisions and left Rasheed Wallace out there, etc. It's when you get into those situations where coaching really matters. But half the time in the league, the team with the better team is going to win anyway. If you look at these coaching mashups, Steve Kerr and Teron Liu the last three years. David Blatt was there before that with Steve Kerr. Then you're talking about Popovich and Spolstra was there four years in a row. This is a player-driven league. We all know this. So if you have the best talent, it's more likely that you're going to win when it comes down to a series in in the playoffs and specifically the NBA Finals. So, and out of those 10 years, two more of those were done in six games. Dallas and Golden State against the, the David Black, Cleveland Cavaliers. So three times it's gone seven games. It's not going to come down to coaching that often. And to to that point, I kind of feel better that the Celtics might have a have a chance in some in in the NBA Finals. But the fact that they're going to be on the road makes me think that they're going to play some Game Sevens. And who knows? Is Brad Stevens really going to get the best out of these guys? He hasn't shown that he's capable of doing it in the regular season. So there's just a lot of questions. It's frustrating. And I think we should move on to your Lakers discussion now and let you get a little frustrated. Well, let me, I, before, before we do, I think there's, there's the, there's the one pressing question that, that's still hanging over the Celtics, right? Well, two actually, because what, what do you do with Gordon Hayward? Right? How mm-hmm. uh, in the, I have to play this guy, even though he's not playing particularly well. And there, there are games where all of a sudden he briefly looks like Gordon Hayward. But the, even beyond the fact that he's not back to being himself, right, is, is the secondary notion of like, is there an issue with Gordon Hayward needing the ball in his hand? If, is there an issue with off-ball Gordon Hayward not really existing? You know what I mean? It's Kyrie Irving out. It's, it does, like, they might not necessarily play that well together. I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me, but I kind of see that. And on, the, and on the other hand, it seems like when Kyrie Irving sits, because Rozier, Rozier has sort of, I don't know if you want to comment him, but certainly as a he's, No, he's regressed. He's certainly regressed yeah. a little bit. He, he, as a passer, seems to have taken a, a step back. Like he's he's be, essentially become a gunner somewhat now. You almost yep. need Hayward to be a secondary point guard when he's off when he's off the floor. How much yeah. do you how much so, do you play Hayward? In the, I guess is what I'm asking. I, so I I don't know. I guess this is there's a this is a multi tiered question. So I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're we're at half an hour and we've got to talk about the Lakers and of course Robert Kraft for at least a few minutes. That's that's a crazy story. Yeah. Um, but there, this is there's multiple things to this because I feel like the Celtics are forcing Gordon Hayward into a point guard role because they want him to be able to succeed and they're trying to give him different opportunities to do that. They can see that he, his quickness is not where it needs to be. His strength is probably not where it needs to be. His shooting is definitely not where it needs to be. And you know what else, Calvin? The most Probably the most glaring problem, his confidence is not where it needs to be. This guy does not look like a rotational NBA player right now. And that doesn't mean that he won't be next year, but it's, it doesn't look good for the playoffs yet again. It, 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 he just, it, he's taking a long time to come back from this injury. I think that getting hurt in practice over the All-Star break uh, definitely hurt his psyche as well because that didn't seem to be a, a, that bad of an injury, and he's played every game out of the break except, I think, the first one. Uh, so... I just I feel like he is the mental part of the game is 
uh, not helping him right now. And I don't blame him because he had a gruesome injury and it takes a long time to come back from that type of thing. But if you want to talk about winning games and putting your team in the best position and treating this, this, the rest of the season as a business, I, you, you have to start thinking about reducing Hayward's minutes and putting him in a situation where maybe he just comes in as a decoy at, at, at some point, or he's, he's a guy that behind the scenes is still working on his strength and confidence, but you, you put in different situations to try and help him out. And that's where they're at right now. They're, they're trying to push him into this point guard situation. And to me, not only the fact that Rogier's minutes have been reduced by Kyrie Irving being back full time ish, but hey, we're being pushed into this position takes ball handling and, and things like that away from Rogier. So that affects his play and his confidence. And he's doing different things out there. Basically, the whole Celtic season has been guys trying to figure out their role. And looking at, at March 5th right now, you're, you should have that figured out by now. Most teams do. Most good teams do anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is. I almost think like, <clears throat> honestly, I almost think that they should just make him a role player when it comes to the playoffs. Because here's the thing. Part of the reason why they were playing him is to get him back. But he's not back. So I think you know that now. And I think that, that Jalen Brown, like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like he might be, if, if not, uh, ha- not having Hayward's necessary ceiling, it's not ceiling in terms of, like, future ceiling, but, like, ceiling in terms of, like, how, how, how well he's going to play in a, given, in a given game. Also, is not going to shoot one for seven and then completely passive. And, you know what I mean? Like, Jim will be out there playing defense and taking advantage of his opportunity. So, you might not get a lot. So, I, I think that you, you really have to push the team in that direction for the play. I, I, I'd probably start doing that now. Because it's good to like get that rotation going a couple of games before the playoffs. Yeah, you got to you got to figure something out, and it, that's where Brad Stevens keeps saying, "I have to do better. I have to do better. I have to do better." But he's not making any changes, it seems. So I don't know what he is implying needs to be done better from his perspective if he's not going to make any lineup changes or take minutes away from guys or something like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but speaking of coaches and speaking of situations, let's just switch it over now. We're going to the Lakers. Luke Walton, rumored to be fired. Uh, could have seen that one coming a long time ago. What is going on in Lakerland? You're going to miss the playoffs, Calvin. Come on, man. Um, I, well, so there's so many ways to this. Well, first of all, obviously LeBron's groin injury, right, cost him like, 20 games or whatever it costs, uh, had, a, had a huge factor in, in the season. But, but I, I think it's really, it's really an interesting, like, look at the effect that LeBron has on a franchise, right? Because all these, look, look, all these things LeBron has been doing here in L.A., he's, he's also done everywhere else he's been. He's done it in Cleveland. He's done it in Miami. He makes little passive-aggressive comments. Uh, you know, he talks about how we like, oh, you know what it's like when I'm going to get mad. Like, oh, it's time for me to activate playoff LeBron. It was the latest one that he just said before the Lakers lost the last four in a row, including the defense. And like, yeah, okay, he, he uh, you know, who, how hard he's pushing behind the scenes to get Anthony Davis. Uh, the, the Lakers were apparently willing to include every single person on the roster. Uh, we we have a center. Or we, we had a... We had a young center who was who was playing pretty well in Zubac that uh, that was traded uh, supposedly because JaVale McGee felt threatened by him, which is in, in, in LeBron is like friends with JaVale McGee, but JaVale McGee himself can only play like 18 minutes a night because of his asthma, which has been increasing lately. So he's, he's been playing poorly. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. They moved they moved Zubac to get. To get Muscala, they they traded Zubac for a backup center, Mike Muscala, and under the auspices of like, oh, we need more shooters. The problem is we don't have we don't have centers who can play more than 15 minutes a night, except for Zubac. So we traded him for a guy who 
because LeBron needs more shooting around him. But that was just a pretense that because apparently the yeah McKee was threatened by him, and so that's so, so ridiculous. So he friends with LeBron. Every everybody on the roster oh, uh, was everybody in the, the roster was offered for Anthony Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, as they should Lonzo be. Ball got, yeah, yeah. Lonzo Ball got hurt, and he's been he's been out for eight weeks. We don't have we have one backup point guard, and his name is Rashawn Rondo. Rashawn Rondo <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, Rashawn Rondo holds the ball. Uh, He's one of my least favorite players to watch. I, I know you probably have residual love for Rondo, but I can't stand it. I mean, that. Rondo's career has been very strange to me. I, I just I don't know how to feel about the guy anymore. I think he's still a triple double candidate. Any 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 given night, he could drop a triple double. You know, he's that type of player. But he is Here's certainly frustrating. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing: he can, but it's the emptiest triple double in the world, and that that's what my view is with him. It's. He's getting 16 assists on a and on a night where like the it's like slowing down the Lakers' offense. He doesn't play defense. He's just pounding the ball in the ground, waiting for someone to come off. Look, here, here here's my point. Who, who like does does Rondo really deserve that much credit for an assist when Ray Allen is running a marathon around seven screens to get open before Rondo <laughs> passes? Him? That's all I'm it's saying. A good, it's about a valid this. point. It's a valid point. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Look, yeah, sometimes, sometimes he'll have the occasional great assist. But, but the Rondo, the, the, the Rondo who was, like, c- consistently driving to the rim and, like, getting two people there and managing to, like, find someone. By, like, that's a legit Rondo, like, assist. But he's not that guy anymore. He slows the – the Lakers want to play at a fast pace. He slows them down. They don't have – they don't have – the other point guard is Alex Caruso, a, a 24-year-old white guy who's completely bald on top. That's that's what that's what we're dealing with right now. Like, so without without Lonzo, the defense is terrible. And and what I said about the centers, Tyson Chandler can play. He's down to playing like six minutes a night. That's all. That's all he's good for. McGee's good for like fifteen. So now we have to play Kuzma at center. So the defense, Kuzma's just getting shredded. Kuzma's of course not he is. He's not a center. Isn't he what six eight or something? No, he's taller than that. He's like he's like six nine, but he's got a good wingspan. Okay. But it's yeah, but it's but it's it's just he's not even a good defender at the four. So like, and he's, he's kind of skinny. So dude, yeah, he's he's getting destroyed. LeBron, LeBron himself, his defense is it's terrible. Like I, I can show you. A, a, I've seen some clips of of guys like pushing him around and like he just looks so like he talk about yeah. a guy who, who can't either can't move or doesn't care. He looks like one or the other. Yeah, yeah. There's this funny gym of Kuz, Kuzma pushing LeBron toward the the, the three point line, or he's supposed to be. He's like standing one spot watching the the ball move around, and it goes to a guy, and Kuzma's like behind him. He pushes LeBron toward the guy he's supposed to defend. Like, and yeah, all of this, honestly, all of that. They have, so look, they have on the court issues. Some of that's LeBron's fault. Some of it's not, right? But I, I just think beyond that. All, all of the negativity that goes around with it, all of the things he does with his aggressive comments with the way that he talks to guys. And now we're seeing it, like, now I have to be worried about, uh, like, oh, are the Lakers going to get a free agent? Because it turns out not everybody likes playing with LeBron. Well, why doesn't everyone like LeBron? Well, maybe it's some of this have this, this crap that he pulled. And all this crap, it, it, again, he's been pulling this crap his whole career. All of this crap worked when they when when they were successful, right? But if if LeBron is slipping and I don't he know is. if he completely is his 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 uh, numbers well, he, are, got, he got hurt more often than usual this year, that's for sure. That's true. That's but that's the thing. He's he's not completely back from that. So so you can you can tell like you can tell particularly on defense. He just he just doesn't move as fluidly. So like so you can you can make the argument that okay like there was there was that but all but regardless all of those things he did were annoying before but people just chalked it up at like oh well LeBron is just doing whatever it takes to get this team over the top this is part of LeBron's criticism this is also part of why I've never liked LeBron and thus having him on my there's, there's a part of me the like the nihilist element of me that is like well if, you know if the Lakers aren't going to be good then like I'm I, I guess I'm glad that it, that it's worked out this way because it really leaves me free to like 
to completely hate the bot. You know what I mean? As opposed to like. Well, that's kind of that's ultimately what you've been wanting the whole time, right? You've just wanted to be able to hate LeBron still, even though he's on your team. You were gonna have to root for yeah. him. I, I understand. Yeah, I, makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're losing the Suns. They're losing the Pelicans. The Pelicans are also trying to lose. Anthony Davis is uh, is sitting on the bench, like like laughing and smiling when LeBron throws a touchdown, and we're losing to that team. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's how dysfunctional they are. Pretty bad, man. I mean, it's not, so where do you put the blame? Is it LeBron? It, it just goes back to the same thing with the with the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics have more talent. They're, they're a team that was expected to do more. Uh, but the I mean, Lakers, I mean, seem to have just not been able to figure anything out whatsoever. Is this Luke Walton's fault for real? Or is it's it's got to be LeBron, right? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't put that – that much on Luke Walton a little bit because I don't, I don't love some of his rotation, some of his decisions sometimes playing way too much KCP who like has a, at the end of games in particular, like always makes a bad turnover or a bad play. Didn't play Lonzo enough in my opinion when he was healthy. Like I have issues with him, but really I have, I have, look, I have a lot of issues with LeBron that I sort of just went through. I would really like to know, and because I, I don't get a feel for it at all, or or even if it's a thing, I would like to know like how much LeBron has reached out to the young guys and been like like you're my guy, I want you to go with me. Instead, I I get the impression, I feel like the team gets the impression too, that LeBron is just biding his time with these guys, and then just comments he makes in the media like, oh, you know, I I don't like it, I don't like when this and guys need to toughen up, blah blah blah. But I don't know if, if he's like actually taking any of these things under his wing and saying you're you're my guy like. Look, I want to grow with you. What can I do to help you get better? Like, let's let's work on it. Instead, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling that he feels like the dudes who are on the team now are just placeholders for the dudes that he actually wants on the team. And if that, of course they are. And, if that, and yeah, no, no, they they might actually they might actually be that, and that's fine. They can be that, but you still have to pretend that they're not. You know, <laughs> you may think you 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 go to work every day, and you may think all your coworkers suck, and you may you may think like, oh man, I can't. This, this guy's incompetent. I can't wait for him to be fired, right? But when you need something from him, you can't go up to him and be like, yeah, can you do this for me? But, uh, yeah, also, I hope your performance review comes in and they let you go too. Like, exactly. That guy's going to say, screw you. you. Uh, all right, you're not, you're not getting anything from me. Yeah, I just don't think – I don't think that he has the, the nuance as a human being to be able to – Nuance is the right word, but I guess part of it is. But he doesn't have the ability to, to like, compromise his own view of himself in order to like lift dudes up. And it's he still seems to want to orbit everything around him. And I think he, even right now, obviously, look, they're not going to make the playoffs. It, it's done. It's they're over. They lost to the Suns. It's over. It's over. So instead, but so yeah. So then Le- LeBron's comments today are just like. Just like yeah, I I don't quit even though we're not gonna make the, even though we're not gonna break the playoffs. I'm still gonna try blah blah blah. I don't take games, but in, yeah, instead what so I'm we'll what see I would, about that. We'll see how many games he plays at the end of March and April. Right, we'll, we'll see. All I'm saying is I, I what I what I would do if I were LeBron instead is I would say look, we're not gonna make the playoffs. Let's take this time to focus focus on the dudes who are there. I'm gonna try to yep. work with them. to them better. Like I'm gonna stay in these games. Maybe I'll be more of a facilitator. Maybe I'll, you know what I mean. Maybe I'll do this. I want our. My goal now, with what time is left in the season, is is to make these guys better by the end of the season. Make us ready to go into next yep. season. Give me that would make it more endearing to fans. <laughs> yeah, give me something like that. And by the way, you know who's been playing his ass off on, uh, under the covers that, that that nobody's been talking about lately is Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is balling out. He's averaging like 24 points a game in the last two months. He's good now. And nobody knows. Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't even know, did you? You had no nope. idea, right? I had no yeah. idea. Andy's, Andy's a good defender. Yeah, he's a legitimately good. Yeah. So t- in, people talk about him now like, like oh, oh, thrown away in the, in the Anthony Davis trade, blah, blah, blah. But no, he's good now. He, did, he had a terrible start to the season. He's been good ever since. He was good when LeBron was out, so it's not just a, oh, LeBron is making a better thing. That's another thing that, that annoys me about LeBron, and, and I didn't mention uh, another factor in the cratering of the Lakers team. 
it's, it's, the team is so built up around LeBron and running through things through him and what to do when he's on the court, finding the best lineup to play with him, that when he's gone, it's like nobody knows the, the role. You have to start all over again. It's like going back to training camp. The roles aren't so defined. It's kind of the opposite with the Celtics because when Kyrie's out there, they're, they're all still trying to figure out what to do. But when he's not playing, they feel comfortable. Ty, Terry Rozier looks yeah. better. Jalen Brown, Jason Tim, they all look like they, they know what they're doing when Kyrie's not out there. It's the exact opposite it, with LeBron. He's, he's uh, playing with less talent, I guess. I don't know. It, it is funny. And then it's just like – and then I look at like the dudes that we got rid of to get LeBron. And, and, you know, not to say that they're the best, but, like, D'Angelo Russell is playing his ass off this year. And, by the way, yeah, and, and we had to get – I know we, we, we basically traded him because we had to get rid of uh, the Moscow contract, which is a terrible contract. That's fine. But when we did it, a clear face to land the ball. And, also, they announced the rights to Julius Randle, who's also playing his ass yeah. off this year. Underrated. Yeah. He's playing so good. People don't even talk about him. He's playing so I have well. Him, I have him on my one of my fantasy teams, so I know all about him. He's I'm in third place right now, and the team's looking good. It's yeah. a strong finish to the season. Uh, he's been great, so I'm happy with that move. Yeah, I almost just just for the value of like enjoying a young team of homegrown dudes. If we just had, if we just had D'Angelo. And by the way, I straight up, if I'm being honest, if we, if we had them for the better, for for the for the entire season. I think that we would. I think that we'd be better right now if we had Julius sure. Randle in Russell instead of LeBron. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. Like- I mean, it's it, one player against two guys that are playing really well and had had a good thing going, and it's uh, it, it's a it's the, the exact opposite of what we've always thought in the NBA, right? Where you have the best player and you put a bunch of guys that are capable around them, and they find a way, but. Some combination of LeBron falling off and the rest of your team not necessarily being that talented uh, is is resulting in what you've seen recently, and they are really falling short of expectations. I mean, you were you were talking about them being a a home playoff seed, and I was, my big thing was that they weren't going to get a home series. Now I should I should have just gone all in and said they were going to miss the playoffs entirely, and uh, I'd be patting myself on the back right now. Technically, I was still right. They're not going to get a home playoff series. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, they, they were on a different track before LeBron got in. They started a bad start. They were on a, then they, were, they got on a roll. Now, now, obviously, you ended up being right. But I feel like circumstances it dictated it in a way that like, would have made it hard to predict. Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly hard to predict that LeBron James is going to miss the playoffs, but I, I just I didn't look at this roster at the beginning of the season and think that they were going to be a, a team that really looked better than teams that were already established in the league. All four of the teams oh. in, the, in, the top five, in the top four right now, even Denver, oh, I'm saying. Uh, is, is meeting relatively meeting expectations. Denver's obviously higher than people w- would have thought, but the rest of the West is doing what you thought they would. So the Lakers are the ones that really had expectations that were too high for them. I mean, I, I would argue the Clippers, Kings, and Spurs are not necessarily uh, – like they didn't necessarily have the highest mm-hmm. expectations. But that's fine. The, 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 they didn't have the high expectations? Well, they're not really doing anything either. Is that what you're saying? Or that they are not meeting their expectations? I'm saying they're exceeding their expectations. Thus making it. Oh, I mean okay. the Lakers, that's, the Kings yeah. for sure. Clippers probably a little bit. San Antonio, I think, is probably about where it, I, I expected them to be. So, okay, fair or, Anyway, do you have any other problems that you can throw out there? Or? No, no, just that. Oh. Yeah, you should be. You should be way happy. Look, look this could all the the, the off season could start. LeBron can get Kawhi, or the Lakers could trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah, next year could be totally different. It could be, yeah. But this year is over. I mean, I'll probably talk about them again because they're my team, and there's something interesting that's always happening with them. Um, but, yeah, but for now, it's a disastrous season. It, it, I feel worse than last season. Again, last season, they had a team that 
the, the fourth record game after the All-Star break. They were on the upswing. They re- they screwed the Celtics out of that pick. That made me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep, got what you wanted That's there. It. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting what they wanted, oof, no, that's a bad segue. I'm not going to use that one. Scratch that. Let's uh, let's go somewhere. Let's just say something else. I'm going to hit the button. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, huh, now I Robert Kraft of the New England Patriots has been caught oh, okay. in a scandalous situation. Uh, warrant was out for his arrest. He has pled not guilty. The charge is two counts of solicitation of prostitution in a um, massage parlor down in Florida. And allegedly he went there two nights in a row. The second time he was there, or two days in a row, I should say. The second time he was there sort of in mid-afternoon or mid-morning for like 14 minutes. Let's get that out there. Uh, And he is allegedly caught on video receiving sexual acts for money. So the the cops have charged him with this. He's saying not guilty. Um, And the larger story here is that this massage parlor was also under investigation for human trafficking. So while Robert Kraft is not involved in that aspect of it whatsoever, that that's not even anywhere near what his charge is. Uh, How do you know? Clearly didn't know um, well, that's based on the charge. He's, he's not involved in that. If they thought that he was involved in the human trafficking aspect of it, I feel like they would have waited and put that out there as well. Uh, but the fact that they went forward with it makes me think that this is – this is what he's being charged with. Other people are involved in the trafficking part of it. And uh, I, I wouldn't point the finger at him for that. But Calvin, man, you tell me if, if the FBI told you that you were caught on video in this place and you knew that you were in this place and you knew that you went in there, do you think that you would – Tell them that you didn't do that, or do you think that you would say, you know what, let's come up with some sort of a deal. I did it. I'm sorry. It was a mistake, and go forward that way. Well, here's I, I, I think it's different between me and Robert Kraft, right? Because well, he's got the money to deal with it legally, sure, if that's where you're going. But like, there's there's something to be said about just about just owning up to a mistake and moving forward. No, that's not where I'm going with it. Where I'm going with it is like this is going to be a matter of public record. Robert Kraft has, has to like do what he can for this not to get this information not to become public because then then this happens. Then we're talking about it on Careless Whisper. You know what I mean? Then like it's on Deadspin, it's on ESPN, it's being talked about. That's it's interesting that you went at it from that perspective, Jeff. I just feel like he's probably paranoid. And maybe the right you maybe what you're saying is the right decision. But what I'm saying is, like, the quicker he does that, the quicker it's going to get out. Maybe he's stalling for time. He, he just. Yeah, but I also I don't. It's, I don't the quicker he does that, the quicker it gets out. The quicker it goes away as well. People, if, I mean, I that's what I'm trying to say. Like, so there's something to be said about owning up to a mistake and and just saying, okay, this is over and done with. But the Patriots, in in general, have gotten themselves in trouble or potentially in more trouble because they've forced um, investigations to happen, the things that allegedly were done. And by all evidence, and by the way things look, they knew about, you know what I'm saying? So it just, I don't, it's not a good look. If you know that, that you did something wrong and it's not something that, that uh, you like, he didn't murder anybody, you know what I'm saying? And even if he did, like, He's and they have him caught on on video doing doing a murder. You know, you you're better off just taking the plea deal if you know you're guilty. I I'm, I, I know that there's a way okay. to go about it legally and try and beat the system and all this stuff, but it just it doesn't look good if there's so much evidence against you. Like, do you think O.J. Simpson looks good right now? I mean, obviously he's done other crimes. He's gone to jail for other things, but I think most people when they hear O.J. Simpson, 
they think that he killed his ex-wife and her her current boyfriend or whatever he was to her. So even though he got off, I think people still look at that and they say, well, guilty. Well, about urgent so, by, so, so it's just, I don't know. If, I'm not sorry. Fighting something where it looks like you're guilty, just, it's a bad look. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, well, listen, listen, let's talk about this. We only have a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the other way in which it was a bad look. I, I need some sort of explanation. I don't know. May, maybe it's come out in Boston. I need some sort of explanation for why this dude is going to a random spot in Florida, Jupiter, Florida, to a massage parlor when he's a billionaire on the yeah. day of the AFC title game to, to get a massage from a, a supposedly a, a, a 59 and 45 year old woman, and then he gets on a plane and then he goes to Kansas City. Like, uh-huh. why? I, I understand. Okay, like let's let's ignore the fact that Robert Kraft already has like his 24 year old girlfriend or however old she is, right? He also is a billionaire, has probably has access to all sorts of way more discreet and high class escort situations. And even even sure. even if, even if he has some weird, grimy, like, okay, massage parlor level fetish. Like, look, my look, I would, I'm not into the high class escort. What I like is like the degrad. I like degrading uh, human traffic girls in 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 low rent massage parlors. Couldn't you find one of those in Boston or Kansas City to fly your plane to a specific spot in Florida? Get out for an hour and a half, then get on your plane. Well, and fly to okay, City. I, hold on a second. Now, I think you're you're mis you're miscommunicating something here. He, he was there I the mean, night before. He lives around in the area. He's got a, a home in the area, so he's within a couple okay, miles of this place. That helps. So Thank you. He was Thank you. he was there anyway, and who knows how many times he's gone there in the past? You know, I mean, he's been caught. He he was caught twice, so it's possible that he's that he frequents this place, but. To your point, this is this kind of helps you as well. The fact that he lives around the corner, he's a billionaire. He lives within 15 minutes of this place. Why didn't he just send for one of the people in that place to come back to his private home? Like I don't. Obviously, there's probably a, a bunch of different uh, things that factors that that go into this, but nothing seems to add up. Something is weird about all of this. So maybe that's why he's fighting it, and and maybe maybe. He just wants to clear his name entirely, but it, he's, by all accounts, but with the video, et cetera, that, that the police allegedly have, he's guilty of solicitation of prostitution. And that to me is the type of thing where you, you say, this was a mistake. I, 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 I won't do it again type of thing. Like, I'm going to learn from this. I want to seek therapy. I want to, to fix this situation because it's not something that I want to continue doing in my life. Uh, and I'm sorry for it. And people will turn the other cheek. They won't care. Charges pro- maybe may even have been dropped if he just uh, decided to have some sort of plea with community service. But instead, he's got to fight it. And I, I just I think it's a bad look. Just admit when you've done something wrong. Yeah, you're probably right. Admit it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit when I do something wrong. Not 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 doing enough Kayla's whispers episode. I'm sorry. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah, forgive me. I think you're forgiven. I think the people will forgive forgive you. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening, and we appreciate the fact that you guys are out there still. I know you're out there. I can see that you're listening. The very few of you left. Thanks again. Maybe next week. Hopefully, we'll be back. Maybe a back-to-back type of thing, two in one month. That would be shocking. Uh, Either way, (laughs) for Calvin Chamberlain, I'm Matt Rory again on CLNS Media. Ten years running. CLNS Media, ten years old. Happy birthday. Good night, night, everyone. See you later. Good night, everyone.